Welcome to Simply Happy, a show helping you learn more empowered living through mental, emotional, and energetic mastery. I'm Olivia Ryman, an author, empowerment coach, and your hostess with the mostest. As someone who's overcome bipolar, anxiety, depression, and more, I'm a firm believer that you have the power to not let any circumstance hold you back. It's my mission to help you take ownership of your life from the inside out. So let's chat about some tips that have helped transform my life and many others, because life doesn't need to look perfect to be happy. Hey there, what's up? It's your guide Olivia and thanks for joining me for this episode of Simply Happy. Also sending a loving reminder to join us over on Patreon if you haven't already where I can better help you help yourself. You can learn more about each support tier by going to www.simplyolly.com. That's O-L-I, Ollie. The link is in the show notes. Hello friend and welcome to episode 221, our chaotic love story. Oh my god, this sounds like such sounds so dramatic. Um, Navigating imperfection. Anyway, uh, P.S. Just to give you a heads up, it is raining outside and my space is not yet soundproofed. So if you hear rain, enjoy. Uh, Yeah, so this episode has been a long one in the making. If you've been listening for a while, you've probably heard me talk about at some point mentioning or mentioning sharing uh, my husband and I's like coming together story like how we ended up in a relationship and the chaos that it was (laughs) and and all the things Um, so I have decided today is the day (laughs) today is the day I actually so of course I wrote about it in my new book unboxed um, in the chapter wife and I share the whole story in there. Now, I don't just share the whole story. I mean, the chapter includes the story, which I will be reading here on the podcast, just because it's like, normally I wouldn't read this much for an episode, but it's one of those things where like, I've talked about it enough times <laughs> that I'm like, I'm just going to share it on on the show. But after um, the story, I do get into mm, like what a lot of that has taught me and my philosophy um, with relationships and marriage in particular, of course, and, and all of that good stuff. Man, it is really raining. Um, so, you know, you're not going to hear the whole chapter, so just have that heads up. And if you would be so kind and would love to hear more, you can go pick up the book on my website. Um, that would be amazing. Also, just to share a couple bits of news before we get into reading. One, if you have been following the car saga, friend it's back. What? I know. It is currently July 26th and my car is back in action. Took like eight months, but we are here. Eight months, four shops, boom, bam, baby. We're back. So now you don't have to hear me talk about my car anymore on the show. Um, keep your fingers crossed. Nothing else happens to it. I like to, um, joke that all of my cars need to have their story because, because drama. Um, So yeah, that is all done. I am so excited. Also, another exciting bit of information um, is that, and if you're on my email list, you would have already heard. Uh, If not, maybe maybe join us over there. I send an an email every month, um, keeping you in the loop. But uh, 
my books are now available at an amazing shop here in Bailey, Colorado um, called Blossoming Boutique. So all of my books are available at that shop. It is so cool. It has plants and crystals and oils and all so it's such a vibe it is amazing and all of my books that are there are signed copies so if you are in Colorado and you want to take a little tripsies through the mountain and stop and shop please do because I'd appreciate it um okay so I am gonna just I'm gonna read I'm gonna read um I'm gonna try to not sound monotone and if I make mistakes, it's because I'm human, and you're welcome. Okay, I'm going to read this bit of the story, and here we, here we go. <laughs> the big uncomfortable question we get asked is, where did you two meet? Which leads us to glance over at the other, wondering where we allow the story to begin. The easiest answer, we met in college. The deeper truth is we were under that same roof, but for different reasons. Me attending classes that would lead to my degree. Jim teaching classes that would lead to him delivering that degree. Luckily, being married nearly a decade at the time of writing this has separated us enough from the discomfort of a student-professor-professor cliché. Ironically, a cliché that never actually existed, since this was most certainly not a love-at-first-sight kind of story. While I was a student, neither of us expressed any remote interest in the other. I was in a relationship, he was a professor, and the thought never even crossed my mind. He was married, I was a student, and to him even the thought of, oh my gosh, of any us was a near impossibility. So it wouldn't be until after I graduated that any sort of feelings began to form. Our time spent co-facilitating workshops at a local museum allowed us to get to know each other. Our time spent texting allowed us to feel supported in the struggles we both felt suffocated by in our current relationships. Our time spent in reflection allowed us to gain the courage to make necessary changes in our lives. It felt less like a romantic pull at the time, and more like we had each found a best friend. A friendship that would blossom into something greater, as it was dragged through one of the most painfully complicated transitions that either of us would ever experience. I had finally ended my relationship, but in kindness had allowed my partner to continue living in my apartment so that he could finish out his senior year at the same college I had graduated from months prior. Jim was sleeping on his couch, navigating the final threads of a disconnected marriage. Neither people we were under the same roof with took well to our friendship. His wife began keeping records of how often we'd text. My ex made snide comments and suspicious accusations about who I was messaging alongside claiming that I was doing, uh, alongside claiming that what I was doing was making him hurt himself. Feeling attacked and misunderstood, we tried to remedy the situation, messaging through Skype as I would wander the streets dressed in an oversized black hoodie with a pocket knife tucked away for safety. Our friendship was evolving more into a relationship, and it was providing us both with a lifeline of care and support in each other's authenticity that we weren't willing to give up. As I walked along the parking garage of the college late one evening to find refuge anywhere but my own home, I noticed a couple of students I knew doing a photo shoot. The result of my saying hi was them being startled on a near horror movie level. Of course it would. Why would anyone you know be strolling by with a simple hello at almost midnight? 
So I messaged Jim what happened, and we passed back and forth a couple of jokes about seeming like some kind of cinematic murderer. What happened after left me pale and shocked to the bone. One of the students shared with Jim that she had been anonymously emailed screenshots of our conversation. Not long after, he was also confronted about an anonymous email his wife had received, littered with false accusations that we were sleeping together, had been together while I was a student, and repeatedly referred to me not by name, but rather more as trash, a piece of meat, etc. Our small complications had just gotten much more threatening. I began to spiral into anxiety around being connected to the internet, somehow being watched in the most private of spaces and having it spread to others. Having to constantly live with the sensation of looking over my shoulder even though I knew we weren't doing anything wrong. Those events combined with him adopting a little dog he names Pepper against his wife's wishes became enough of a tipping point that Jim officially separated from her, leading to a full divorce the following year leaving us in a place where we, could, where we would lean into each other more so than ever before. My solo nightly strolls of refuge soon became a duo, adventuring to parks, beaches, downtown, and parking lots to sit under the low-lit dome light of a car or go for strolls under the stars and chat for hours, bringing us solace while we continued to navigate the whirlwind of threats, uncertainties, and waiting to separate ourselves from what we no longer chose to have in our lives. It was on one of those nights that we sat on a park bench. Jim looked over at me and said, I know this is a lot. If you don't want to go through with it, I understand. To which I replied, I'm not going anywhere. If we can make it through this, we can make it through anything. Even though my ex denied strongly that he was the one sending the emails, we began to connect the dots quickly. The striking moment was when I looked at my login history on my Facebook account. I could see that someone else had been logging into my account. I wasn't being hacked. Someone had, all, had the key to all of my doors. When I opened Dropbox, an account I hadn't realized was still logged into my ex's and not mine, I found the proof I needed. A list of all of my accounts, emails, and passwords. A list he must have found through sneaking access into my iPod's notes. It all became crystal clear at that moment. My ex and I had both worked in the college's library, giving him access access to student and faculty, Jim's ex-wife, emails, along with my alumni access also being deleted out of the system to attempt to prevent re-entry to the school. The program director, a kind-hearted man who would eventually officiate our wedding, decided to take strong measure. For fear that my ex might present to the school the accusation that Jim was involved with a student, a case file that would have been unnecessarily opened and held against Jim for the remainder of his professional career, he called him in. Making clear that the threats needed to stop or he would have IT trace the IP address of who, whoever was sending the anonymous emails. To no one's surprise, the threats stopped. It felt like a living nightmare had finally ended. No more, no more feelings of being stalked, no more threats, no more weaving through petty and complex events, just us, keeping our partnership secret a little while longer while we let our love grow undisturbed for the first time. A year later, we would find ourselves married and committed and committing our lives to one another. This journey to becoming a wife was forged in fire, and it's become part of who I am that I have an undying commitment to. 
do I want to keep reading? Hold on. Yes. <laughs> now I'll read like one more paragraph. This facet of identity seemed simple enough in the, in the Western culture in which I lived. Get the ring, gain the title, and live happily ever after. Embodying this for myself, however, has led me to some of the most valuable growth aside from mothering two children. Whether you find yourself as a wife, husband, spouse, this type of partnership requires work in the most beautiful sense, and I find that partnership is the key word here. Okay, then I go on to talk about just the lessons that we've learned and uh, my f philosophy on marriage and yada, yada, yada. Um, so yeah, grab the book if you're interested in actually reading the whole chapter, because there actually is um, a little bit before that as well um, at the beginning, so that's not actually the start of the chapter. Um, but yeah, that's our story. That's like not, not love at first sight, um, not these, the smoothest beginning to a relationship. Um, but what I do want to note is that, you know, one of the key things was that none of that chaos, um, was actually between the two of us. It wasn't that we were having arguments or, you know, there was there was conflict or red flags or issues between the two of us. It just happened to be with everything else around us. Um, so I say that because I don't want to just like romanticize chaotic love stories that are um, abusive or, you know, because I have been in those relationships that are chaotic and it's because they're abusive. It's because they're unhealthy. It's because, um, people are compromising themselves and not treating each other in the healthiest sense. So <laughs> there's a difference. Um, just want to point that out, but you know, you guys hear me share the slogan, life doesn't need to look perfect to be happy. And it, it's my slogan for a reason, or it's the thing that I like to say repeatedly. Um, because that, that has often, that has been my lived experience on far more than one occasion. Um, and if we wait for the fairy tale, if we wait for it to look perfect, if we wait for, you know, any of that stuff to claim our happiness, um, we're going to be waiting for a really long time, most likely. Those moments can happen for sure. They're very, you know, beautiful moments that just come together so seamlessly and that's incredible um and they're also no better than the ones that come together <laughs> you know in a more uh just roundabout crazy chaotic way um both are beautiful stories and um you know we get to choose our happiness through them even if they have moments that feel taxing and trying and <laughs> incredibly uh challenging so I hope you guys enjoyed. I'm not going to talk too much more on this. That's that's pretty much it. But I, I do hope you guys enjoyed um, getting to hear the story of how how we came together. Um, gosh, I can't. I really can't believe it's like been almost a decade. It's wild. Next year, next year will be our ten year. Well, I guess we've been together ten years, but it'll be ten years of marriage next year. <laughs> but uh, that's just that's just bananas to think about. But. I hope you appreciate finally getting to hear the story uh, if you haven't read it already through the book. And if you want to hear more stories of mine, go check out the book, seriously, because there's, there's loads. Okay, that is it for this one. If you liked this episode, please spread the support by sharing on social or telling a friend about it through your face, phone, snail mail, or carrier pigeon. 
Oh, P.S. I will have journal prompts, not on like our story, but about taking a little like chaotic piece of your life and, um, you know, finding the light in it because uh, it's in there. Uh, so, yeah. So there will be journal prompts for this episode still over on Patreon. So join us if you're not already. <sighs> yeah. You can also check out my books on Patreon <laughs> at www.simplyolly.com. Links are in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I love you so much. As always, you keep staying simply awesome. I'll keep staying simply Ollie, and I'll chat with you on the next pod. Bye.